Good afternoon, everybody. It's Steph. Hope you're doing well. It's uh, the 29th. Don't panic about what happened this morning. Uh, believe it or not, I actually got a date wrong. Shocking. Uh, no, it's not. Um, and this afternoon, uh, 5 o'clock, just after 5, on the 29th of September, 2006, I would like to take you and me together on a journey to a little country I call Imagination. <laughs> and I hope that this little fable will help you to, uh, to understand why I view with some skepticism the claims of those who say, well, the state isn't so bad, you are uh, uh, exaggerating the threat, the state is fine, yes, I have to get a driver's license, but I'm sure that's goodish in a way, and uh, yes, I have to get a license for my dog, and uh, I have a marriage license, and uh, yes, my taxes are too high, and yes, lobbying seems to be a bit corrupt, but uh, heavens, man, I mean, aren't you just going overboard in your condemnation, and yes, I know some nice Christians, and yes, and yes, and yes, and yes. Well, I thought of arguing this syllogistically, but... Um, Frankly, that seemed like quite a lot of work. So, we're going to take a slightly different approach, and I'm going to use a parable. Yes, a fable. If you will. Now, uh, let us imagine that there is a land in the shadow of an eternal dragon. And this dragon is uh, hungry and and fearsome and flame-throwing and ghastly and huge and terrifying and rapacious and so on and uh, constantly swarms down eats up all of the crops and uh, has his dragon-like way with his small appendage with the local virgins and uh, eats a couple of children uh, races back off to the mountaintop and uh, the, the villagers, of course, live in terror with this uh, dragon, uh, in, in terror of this dragon. And let us further suppose, and of course this has nothing to do with me, so please don't think I'm making a vanity entrance in one of my own fables. Let us suppose that this uh, dragon that groans under the, uh, this village that groans under the predatory weight and rapacious predations of this terrifying, terrible dragon, uh, gives birth one day out of nowhere to a hero, ladies and gentlemen, to a strapping uh, six-foot-four, crowned with golden blonde hair, possessed of a firm jaw, blue eyes, and a strangely cocoa-colored skin, just for political correctness' sake. And this hero uh, wakes up and says, you know, I don't really believe that this whole dragon thing is uh, such a good uh, deal for me, for the village, for the future, and I really can't see, saith our hero, <laughs> I really can't see how anything is ever going to change unless we do something about uh, this dragon. And uh, said hero... Uh, sets to work to try and understand uh, the dragon. 
And what happens is that he begins to sharpen his sword. Maybe he has to invent swordsmithing. Who knows? He starts to sharpen his sword. He starts to thrust and parry in the backyard. He he forgoes all concourse with saith fair maidens uh, to, to preserve his strength for his upcoming tussle with the ultimate foe. And uh, to make a long story relatively short, uh, he goes up and he finds that uh, he is unable uh, with uh, fearsome battles that, that the very heavens shake and the ground quivers and uh, trees weep their leaves and roses burst into flames and all these things occur, that our fair hero finds that he is unable to kill the dragon. However, he is able to hack off its wings and uh, uh, therefore the dragon is low rendered uh, far less fearsome thereby. He can't kill the dragon uh, because he doesn't have the the magic sword with the FDR inscription on it, but he is unable to kill the dragon, but he's able to hack off its wings. And lo, he doth carry back the wings to his village, and there doth he feast upon food and maidens to his heart's content. But uh, the dragon remains alive in a cave at the top of the hill, and the dragon uh, realizes that uh, he's going to have a fairly tricky go of it, uh, floundering down like a huge scaly worm. He's going to have a fair trick of it, uh, thundering down the, uh, the mountainside to get to the, uh, the fair uh, maidens and the, the, the people that he wants to eat uh, because uh, he's going to be kind of ridiculous and because he can't fly. He's still got the old f- f- fire-breathing thing. But uh, he can't uh, seem to get round uh, to flying anymore because he's got no wings. But he uh, uh, he's sitting up there, and of course, you know, he's he's getting he's getting hungry. Now uh, this uh, this dragon, having been cast down uh, from his high seat of ultimate power, and now of course the um, uh, the uh, village is flourishing, and uh, the uh, babies are now dancing in the fields, and uh, the women are all uh, tall and and healthy and gorgeous, and the men are all tall and healthy and gorgeous, and everything's doing fine, the wealth is increasing, and uh, people sort of forget about the history of the dragon and his predations and how he laid waste for thousands of years to the... You know, it becomes a little bit complacent, a little bit uh, non-frightened of dragons. And... The dragon, of course, uh, doesn't die. The dragon is, uh, at least so far, has been found to be immortal. Uh, the dragon does not die. And the dragon uh, is getting pretty damn hungry, right? Dragon's up there uh, uh, with no wings and can't uh, even flounder around. Maybe he flounders around to sort of lick some lichen um, or moss off the side of the cave and sort of survives on that. But this is a great affront to the pride of the dragon because the dragon feels that uh, he is uh, such a noble and powerful beast that that there is no way that he, as, you know, a dragon, uh, who is a noble and powerful beast, should ever be reduced to licking fungi and moss off the uh, side of a a cave wall in order to to survive. And maybe 
the odd bat that flies in and gets trapped in the cave. Uh, the dragon eats up and is living on fungus and dead bats. And uh, oh, when he used to feast on the flesh of delicately complexioned virgins and all these tasty morsels of human flesh in the valley below. And the dragon getting hungry, getting kind of like uh, cheesed off. Nobody can figure out how to kill the dragon, but they kind of forget about the dragon. It's up there in its cave. Uh, and maybe every now and then there's a bellow of rage from the top of the hill and they sort of laugh at it because they don't feel afraid. The villagers don't feel afraid of the dragon anymore. And so the dragon, uh, of course... Uh, since it's a fable, we can take this course. The dragon is a magical dragon, and the dragon has the power uh, to uh, to cast spells. And the, basically, the the most powerful spell that the dragon has is to um, uh, to enter into the dreams of of people. And the dragon, of course, tries this. He tries entering into the dream of the person, the hero who slayeth the the the, the dragon's wings. But the hero lo doth throw off the mantle and intrusion of the dragon in his dreams and does not react to them in any particular way, shape, or form. And yet, uh, the dragon continues, and then one night, the dragon comes across Argoth. Argoth is a skinny little boy who, uh, yo, a uh, low toileth in the fields, and uh, yet is very weak, but has a wonderful sing-song voice and a great command of language, thus Argoth, the field tiller, turner, guy, and uh, um, Argoth doesn't have much to offer the village, and he's not very handsome, and he's certainly not strong. Uh, he can sing a little, and uh, he's not bad with a bard's tail, but uh, this is not something he can do full-time, and so uh, Argoth uh, is uh, not, not looking, for, uh, looking to have great things uh, in, this, in this world. But uh, what... Um, uh, what uh, uh, what uh, the dragon does is he lures uh, through the dreams of, of riches, right? The, the, the dragon sends uh, dreams to Argoth and, and intimates that the dragon is lying on a, a huge hoard of gold that will turn Argoth into the richest man in the village and, and uh, get him to bed all of the tall and, and buxom potential rich guy groupie maidens. And so he lures Argoth up to the top of the cave and Argoth uh, goes up to the top of the cave and has a conversation with the dragon. And the dragon says, Oh, oh, Argoth, thou art so very spindly, and thy legs are knobby like two hickory sticks, and thy, thy chest is sunken like an inverted bowl, and thy hair is scrawny and scraggly, and thy chin is weak. Uh, thou hast no particular possibility for any kind of advancement or great things in this um, uh, village, for lo, they have not invented capitalism, and so you can't uh, found Microsoft. Uh, you are not uh, going to go uh, very far in this world, but if you and I put our heads together, uh, we uh, can uh, sort all of this out. I can get some food again, and you uh, can get some power. And so by this time, you know, many years have passed, and they've pretty much forgotten about the dragon, except in some sort of vaguely scary tales that are written down in, say, some localized version of ancient Aramaic. And so Argoth... It talks to the boy, and they hatch a plan. And one day, the uh, village is expanding, of course. It's doing well. It's flourishing. It's, it's rich. It's, uh, it's, uh, uh, it's becoming prosperous, and this means uh, many more fair uh, uh, blonde and tall and blue-eyed and, and still, of course, a predominantly cocoa-buttered skin 
uh, babies uh, toddling around and waddling around the village. So they need more land. So what they do is they they go uh, and they start to till the land right at the base of the mountain. And of course, the mountain land had been sort of taboo and off limits for so long because the um, the fear of the dragon was still fairly strong and there was a sort of historical taboo that people didn't really remember, sort of like a fear of not circumcising children in the modern world or something like that. And so they start to cultivate this land and so on. And then uh, one uh, uh, one night there is a terrifying uh, a series of, of uh, uh, explosions and, and sounds and roars and and it sounds like a million mangled trumpets uh, uh, being blown by all the wind gods in a thunderstorm. And huge gouts of flame come roaring and tearing off uh, into the sky from the top of the, uh, from the, top of the uh, mountain. And Argoth, uh, he says, oh, I know what this is. And he uh, falls into the ground and goes into a fit and speaks in tongues and wakes up and says, I have been uh, given a vision, my brothers and sisters. I have been given a vision. And what I have been told is that by coming too close to the mountain and by cultivating the fields close to the mountain, lo, we have Angareth, the the, the mountain god of fire, uh, who uh, now uh, demands sacrifice. And if he does not... Uh, receive his sacrifice, then lo, uh, he will uh, explodeth under our very feet, and everything that we have earned, and everything that we have, and our children, and our possessions, and our houses, and our accordions, and our harmonicas, and our penny picks, and all these sorts of things, our balalaikas, will all bursteth into flames, and there will be much woe uh, in the land. And, uh, you know, he's pretty passionate about it, but uh, uh, what he says uh, is he says, I, uh, the, the, uh, the fire god of the mountain sky heavens and has spoken to me, and lo, I shall be able to approach this uh, fire god and, 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 and put it out <laughs> and make him stop uh, uh, his angry volcanic eruptions. And they say, yeah, 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 you're like a skinny, spindly little guy. Sure, sure, sure. But he says, Loeth, let me try. So off he goes, uh, Argoth, up the mountainside, and he uh, goes into the cave, and uh, immediately uh, the rumblings and the uh, thunderings and the gouts of flame that splasheth the very heavens with tongues of fire, uh, they diminisheth uh, to nothing. And then he comes down and he says, Lo, I have spoken to the uh, god, and he has said, uh, to me, three things, three things the volcano god has said unto me. Uh, number one, uh, none but I, Argoth, shall be able to speak uh, with this uh, mountain god of fire who threateneth us so much with destruction. Uh, that's number one. Number two, uh, he's, uh, he would like sacrifices uh, of, uh, of uh, uh, chickens and uh, maybe a, a pig or two. Uh, burnt offerings. Nice. He's got a chuckle tongue, the kind of thing he likes, uh, medium rare. So he, uh, he will need uh, some sacrifices. Uh, so number one, only I can speak with him. Uh, number two, uh, he will need some sacrifices, uh, or he will burn us up a little more. And number three, uh, they're, um, uh, they will have to keep, uh, these sacrifices will have to keep on coming. Uh, otherwise, uh, he will explode and uh, uh, it will destroy the village. And uh, should we uh, try uh, to move to another village. He will follow us and uh, blow us, uh, bloweth us up there as well. Now that we have angered him by trespassing on his property, we must now give sacrifices to him and blah, 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 blah. And uh, people say, well, okay, 
let's do ourselves a little cost-benefit calculation here. So, basically, for the price of a couple chickens, couple chickens, uh, a pig, maybe, uh, once every couple of months, and they say, is that all he's looking for, Mr. Argoth? And Mr. Argoth says, why, yes, verily, that is all he, uh, he requires as sacrifice to his honor, slash belly, which he mutters under his breath, of course, because... And uh, so uh, they say, well, okay, so uh, let's look at this cost-benefit calculation. So on the one hand, we lose a couple of chickens every couple of months, uh, maybe a pig every couple of months. Eh, you know, that's like 0.0001% of the uh, GVP, gross village product. And so we can probably get away with that. Uh, we can live with that. Uh, but uh, if, uh, if uh, uh, and that's if, if it's, uh, if it's uh, true, uh, then uh, we lose a couple of uh, chickens and a pig every couple of months, but we get to keep our village and we don't have to live in fear of it uh, being true. If it's uh, false, well, we lose those things and we don't gain anything other than a certain amount of peace of mind. So, uh, overall, I would say that it is uh, for the best. Uh, it's, uh, it's sort of for the best. Now, they decide to do this, and, of course, uh, Argoth... Uh, goes up, uh, you know, cuts this, uh, these uh, chickens and, and pig up, and uh, goes up to the mountaintop, and uh, they, uh, they see the fire of the sacrifice, uh, they hear a pleased boom or two and one or two gouts of flame, and then everything settles down. Of course, they can't really remember the dragon that has no wings, and so they think it's a fire god. And Argoth, uh, of course, splits the chicken and the pig with the uh, a fire god uh, slash wingless dragon, and this is how uh, it all sort of uh, goes down. Now, as of course this is a political fable, uh, you can imagine what begins to happen uh, after the um, the uh, the villagers have made an irrational compromise and begun to uh, uh, give up their interests uh, to this imaginary being that they fear, which can't actually harm them in any way, shape, or form. They um, uh, they uh, end up. Uh, uh, receiving the following speech in a few months uh, from um, our good friend Argoth, the uh, priest. Uh, sorry, the uh, uh, false servant of the imaginary god. Uh, wait, that's the same thing. Anyway, so Argoth then uh, goes to uh, the villagers and he says, Lo, uh, the fire god uh, is, uh, um, is much pleaseth, uh, pleased with uh, these, uh, uh, these sacrifices uh, but lo, uh, he finds that uh, more offenses have uh, have occurred, have occurred that uh, fires have been lit without uh, speaking eth the fire god's name, and thus the uh, they are offense unto his uh, blazing eyes, and uh, they are uh, an abomination, and they must uh, not be uh, uh, abominated. They must be debominated because they are an abomination. So, uh, that's bad. And he, he is angry, uh, he has told me, uh, and, uh, you know, see this little scorched smoking eyebrow? Uh, he's angry, for sure, because he almost got me with that uh, uh, fire anger thing of his. And uh, so he, uh, he requires uh, a, a, a small cow, just, just the one, just, just the one time, uh, as uh, an offering of uh, appeasement, right? Appeasement, of course, in the real sense of the word. And... So uh, the fire god, uh, we'll call him Matchstick, and Matchstick, the fire god, uh, demandeth uh, a small a small cow. 
Uh, or he's going to blow up the village from very much underneath the ground, coming up like fissures and tongues of flame to burn you all, and that will be bad. And so they say, well, okay, so, oh, okay, well, uh, so, Will, uh, if we say, uh, oh, God, matchstick, we consecrate this fire to you in the future uh, with the, this, uh, you know, with the fires, uh, we'll, we won't have to do the cow thing again, right? Because the cows aren't too cheap. He's like, yes, verily, this is what has been spoken unto me, and the, so it's true. So, of course, he goes up at the cow, and they have a good old feast up there. Uh, the dragon eats and so on. Now, the dragon finds something quite fascinating, that the dragon, much like the salamander, has with its tail, you pull the tail off and then the tail regrows. The dragon, uh, Matchstick, uh, he, um, he finds that the more uh, that he eats meat, the more his uh, wings regrow. It's remarkable. Uh, the reason that his wings were taken off and then they never grew back, they sort of crusted over and so on, and uh, that's because he wasn't able to eat anymore, other than the odd bat and some moss he wasn't able to eat. So now he's getting a pretty damn good set of meals. Uh, he finds that uh, he is uh, able to, uh, you know, uh, regrow his wings again. You know, it's just a tickle in his back, and it's all too wonderful for words. And, uh, I mean, he's a long way from being able to fly. But, uh, gee, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty good deal. And this is the main reason. I mean, I don't think that even, uh, even Argoth doesn't know this. But the main reason that Mashtik, the dragon slash fire god, wants all of this meat, wants the cow, wants to escalate, is because he wants his wings to grow back faster so that he won't need this uh, pathetic little uh, Argoth fellow to be his voice and he won't have to go through all of this trickery and all of this stories and nonsense and made up making up all of this religious claptrap in order to get what he wants. He wants just to be able to go down and live his life of old, of preying upon the villages, of seizing whatever the hell he wants. And uh, he doesn't want to have to keep going through this awful, horrifying, uh, embarrassing, shaming ritual of uh, having to uh, manipulate uh, all of these goods out of these people. He wants to just hold them at, uh, you know, uh, uh, in terror and, and just swoop uh, down on them and do whatever dragon fire he feels like. So uh, then, uh, a month or two later, they say, uh, he, uh, Argoth comes down and says, Lo, uh, very, uh, very bad things, my friends. Um, the dragon is much pleased at death with the, uh, sorry, uh, not the dragon, <coughs> excuse me, hairball. The, uh, the fire god Matchstick is much pleased with your sacrifices, and he commends you all, and uh, uh, he wants to offer you uh, a deal. Now, he wants to offer you a deal. Uh, he says uh, he has the power, because the fire is, uh, is more powerful than clouds, right? Because you'll notice that a, uh, if you carry a, a fire brand, like a torch, up to the top of a mountain, not this one, of course, because that's my province with Matchstick, the fire god. But if you carry a torch to the top of a mountain, uh, you will verily notice that the cloud that passes along the torch does not put it out. Uh, so the fire is more uh, powerful than, than clouds. Now, um, one of the problems that you have, being uh, villagers who, of course, live in such a high uh, land that you're close to a mountaintop, uh, one of the, you know, the big problems that you have, uh, my, my brethren, is that the... Um, uh, the uh, the rains, they are not plentiful. Uh, it's dry. I could go on with more eths, but I think you get the idea. It is dry. Uh, the rains are not plentiful. And this means that you uh, 
uh, come spring, you're a little pinched for food because you're eating a chunk of it over the winter. But lo, uh, Majestic the Fire God wishes to strike a bargain with you and wishes to uh, offer you uh, all of these, uh, uh, the, the following wonderful, uh, pleasant, magnificent, delicioso kind of goodies. Uh, number one, uh, the God uh, Majestic uh, wishes to say to you that if you uh, give him uh, five cows, uh, then uh, uh, he will promise you uh, the, that uh, you will have plentiful rains, yea, verily, it will be like uh, a, uh, a uh, monstrous bucket of water upended over your lands, and this will uh, give you uh, a significant chunk of food, and no mold, and no flooding, uh, because he's, you know, he's going to finesse the clouds just the way you want him, and uh, you will then have uh, all of these crops, uh, it will be wonderful, uh, and uh, you will be able to breed death uh, like rabbits. And the people are like, yeah, you know, it does get kind of pinchy around the... Uh, I do get a little pinched around the middle come spring, so I uh, wouldn't mind at least one year where we had some decent crops. Ah, says uh, the uh, um, uh, Aragoth, he says, and not only today, uh, only, you will not only get a knife that can cut through a boot, but uh, if you give him the five cowseth, then he will also fire God the magnificent... Uh, uh, the magnificent fire God matchstick will also... Uh, allow you uh, to um, to uh, to settle and to uh, plant in the lands right up to the base to the base of the mountain. Ah, but no higher, right? So they go back and forth and say, "Well, that's a lot, a lot extra land. That's nice of the god. Uh, that's good. Uh, and uh, boy, it would be nice to get the rains and and so on." So they say, "Yeah, five cows. You know, uh, it's good, right? Uh, obviously, uh, every time Argoth goes, this uh, fire." Uh, stop spouting, so there must be something real that's going on here, so, uh, and, you know, uh, there hasn't been any eruptions of fire from the fissures of the earth and so on, so, okay, let's, uh, let's go with that, let's, uh, let's do the five cows, and so they give to Argoth the five uh, cows, and lo, he uh, goes up uh, the mountain and takes his uh, five cows uh, to the, uh, uh, to the, uh, the fire god Matchstick the dragon. <laughs> you knew this was going to be the next topic, right? Now, of course, when, um, when uh, Argoth, uh, the uh, spindly uh, ex-field uh, worker, now uh, spindly uh, scurvy priest guy, goes into the cave, you know, he goes in bright out, he goes into the cave, and he sees that um, the, uh, the supposedly wingless dragon uh, is uh, kind of turns away sort of quickly, rolls away kind of quickly, right? brings up a lot of dust, you know, cuts it, uh, coughs it out, and blinks it out of his eyes, and he says, how come you rolled over so quickly? I said, ah, I, uh, I was startled. Yes, that's it, I, I was startled, and, and my dragonness is easily startled. And he's like, what, what's that on your back? Right, because he sees these two growths, right, these two sort of nubbins is sticking up. And it's like, ah, uh, this is, uh, uh, I bruised myself. It's like, well, I'm pretty spiky bruises. Are you sure? Yes, I, I, uh, I had a bad dream, and I humped my back up very quickly, and I uh, bumped it against the, the cave roof, and uh, boy, uh, ow. Uh, oof, you know, that's uh, ow. <laughs> and so I was like, huh, because, you know, they kind of they look like little wings. Yes, well, that's, you see, how... Uh, how we dragons bruise is 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 it looks like little wings, and don't worry, Jimi Hendrix will write a song about it many years from now. 
And Aragos like, huh. Well, uh, maybe I, maybe I just never noticed them before, but I, you'd, you'd, you'd think I would, but no, okay, maybe I didn't. Ah, uh, and you have brought for me the five cows, at the, yes, the five cows are outside, uh, let's have uh, ourselves something to eat. And the dragon says, well, I have to tell you, my friend, I will absolutely share the next one with you. I uh, think I've got uh, worms. Uh, because everything I eat, you know, it just goes right through me. I'm, I'm like a fire hose here. Uh, you might not want to step near the back of the cavern as well. It's, uh, it's a little splooshy, a little oogie. So, uh, given that everything's running through me, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I've got to eat the five cows. Like, I'm just not going to get along uh, too well uh, without them. But, uh, uh, you know, our deal is still on. This is an unusual situation. I just, I'm all, I'm all, you know... Uh, I'm gouty, I'm like, uh, grippy, you know, he's like, oh, well, maybe you shouldn't eat, no, 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 I gotta eat, right, because I gotta keep my strength up, but, uh, you know, if you don't mind, I'd really appreciate it, blah, 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 and he's like, well, you know, I'm kind of hungry, this is my only source of, of income now, right, this is my only source of food, it's the stuff that I bring up to you, and we have a nice little cookout, we have a nice little roast here, and, uh, so, this is Argoth, he says, I, if I don't get to eat these, these cows, I'm like, uh, I'm sort of done, right? Because I don't till the fields anymore. I'm like the priest of match stick the fire god slash wingless dragon. And the dragon says, uh, or something equally equivalent, but perhaps a little more terrifying. And, you know, a little, little burst of flame comes out of the dragon's mouth, and he says, uh, let me put it to you this way, small spindly priest guy. I'm going to eat the five cows. Let me, uh, let me not pretend to mislead you with a seeming negotiation. I, the dragon god, fire guy, am going to eat the five cows, you see? And if you have a problem with it, then I guess I'll also have a little aperitif called Argoth. And Argoth is like, oh, okay. Uh, that was a little warm. You know, that uh, was a little warm and... You know, could I suggest a clarets or two? I know they haven't been invented yet, but man, if you've got time on your hands, uh, you might want to work on that. And he thinks to himself, okay, I'm, I'm in a little bit of a pickle now, see? Because I don't have an occupation anymore except pretending to run around uh, serving this fire god. Like, I don't till the fields, I'm not a weaver, I'm not a carpenter, I'm not a physician, I'm not a dancer, I'm not a singer, I'm not a podcaster, I pretty much uh, just serve this uh, fire god, and so if the fire god doesn't give me food, then I got nothing. I can be starved to death. Plus, if the fire god, but, but, but you know what? I have to have something to eat. I can't, I can't go around saying, oh, I, uh, um, uh, I didn't get the food from the fire god because I'm supposed to be bringing these sacrifices up, not eating them myself. That's not going to look too good. And so he says, uh, look, I got to have something. I appreciate it. I don't want you to get mad. I got to have something to eat. I'm starving here. And the guy said, the dragon says, uh, next time, next time, I'm not going to hear any more about it right now because there's one other thing I'm going to do for you if you take even one hair or one little earlobe of these five cows is I'm going to... Uh, uh, I'm going to spout fire and rumble and, and curse in my whale, my dragon trumpets into the sky, and 
then you are going to be in trouble, my friend, because you are supposed to be in control of me and you're supposed to be my voice and my communicator and so on. And uh, everyone's going to go, hey, uh, Argoth, uh, you're the guy who the dragon, uh, you're the guy who the fire god wants to, it's the only one that the fire god will talk to. You go up and calm him down and I'll keep doing it even after you come up. So I'm totally going to destroy your credibility with your townsfolk as the only voice to the, to the dragon, uh, to the fire god. Uh, so, you know, let's put it this way. You go and live on some roots and berries and go steal the chicken of your own because these cows are all mine. But uh, the Argoth has made a deal with the devil, right? He has now taken a false position uh, and, uh, of pseudo-representation. And what choice does he have? Right? He's going to have to live off the pickings. And this is, of course, what he does, right? So the dragon gorges like crazy on these cows. And lo, their anguished mooing doth fill the air. And uh, there's some leftovers and some scraps while the dragon is sleeping off his enormous meal. Argoth goes up and he roots around among the bones and he roots around among the tendons and he's sort of, in the smoldering fire, he's sort of squatting down there among the filth and debris of half-chewed raw cow. And uh, he sort of, this is his meal, right? This becomes his, uh, his meal. And uh, this is the best that he can do. Now... The interesting thing is that a new hero arises. He doesn't know that he's a hero yet, but uh, a new uh, a new guy arises in the village. Did I say I was going to make a long story short? <laughs> I sucked you into the middle. It's good. You'll, you'll like to hear how it ends. So then, uh, a new guy arises in the village, right? And uh, he's a skeptic. You know, maybe he's... Uh, about six foot tall, uh, 210 pounds, uh, a little scraggly on the old hair. But uh, he, um, uh, he decides to, uh, uh, he doesn't really believe the whole mountain fire god thing. He's like, really? Mountain? Mountain fire god? I mean, I didn't believe the dragon thing particularly, but this mountain fire god, I can tell you that makes like no sense at all to me. I mean, that's just completely deranged. So let's not... Uh, uh, but I'm the, I'm the kind of guy I got to see it for myself, right? I mean, I got to see it for myself. Because what if it is a scam, right? First, it was like a, a couple of chickens and a, a pig every couple of months. Now it's like five cows, and uh, you, for sure there's going to be more. And what is the dragon giving us in return? Sorry, what is the fire god giving us in return? Well, uh, the fire god, through this cheesy little Argoth fellow, is saying, oh, you can plant crops on the ground. <laughs> well, we can do that anyway. And uh, you uh, won't have your uh, city, uh, your village, burst into flames and be consumed with fire. And this, well, that's not happening anyway. So there's, there's no testable hypothesis here that proves that this fire god actually exists. Now, there's something up there for sure, because I, I believe the people, the flames and the, oh, the trumpets and so on, or the trumpet noises. So what he does is he goes and he, uh, he crawls up uh, to the mountainside, and he goes and have a look in the dragon cave, right? And he sees, of course, that it is a dragon cave, and the dragon is still alive, and its wings are growing uh, rapidly, right? And he can sort of reason this out. Like, he doesn't see them growing, like, pop, out they grow. But uh, he, the dragon hasn't been seen in the sky, so there are some old fables of a terrible dragon many years ago. But the dragon hasn't been seen in the skies. The dragon, obviously, he sort of puts it together and goes like, holy crap, this dragon got to Argoth and got Argoth to start bringing all this food up. And now the dragon is becoming incredibly dangerous. Right? The dragon is now becoming horrendously problematic. And that is becoming uh, a huge issue for us. And 
So now what are we going to do? Right? Now what are we going to do? And what happens then is that uh, Argoth, uh, sorry, this uh, new hero, I'm sorry, let me just merge. I'll continue in a moment. There we go. One more merge, and then we will continue. Good thing I didn't sing this as a light operetta, isn't it? Uh, Anyway. So, what happens, of course, is this new hero, uh, we'll call him Titanus, right? Uh, This new hero, not tight anus for those who are going to make that play on words. That's my job for later. But uh, Titanus comes down and he says, oh, my friends, we have been fooled, Eth. And (laughs) what's happened is that uh, there's no uh, fire god. There's a rapidly growing dragon, right? And everything that the fire god was supposedly protecting us from was never a danger to begin with. And everything that the fire god is offering to us, we already had anyway. So the whole thing is a complete and ridiculous and total scam. And, uh, you know, we have to stop this. We have, to, uh, we have to reverse all of this foolishness that we've believed in for so long. And we have to go up and uh, uh, kill this dragon, like for once and for all, right? Because maybe this has happened. This is a cycle that just keeps happening, right? That we almost killed the dragon. The dragon comes back uh, through, uh, uh, through uh, false uh, stories from other people and the obscuring of its evil and the uh, belief that it is giving us benefits when in fact it's doing nothing other than selling back to us at a high price that which we already own to begin with. Uh, and so, uh, my friends, we must uh, fear the dragon. We must this, we must that, right? And, of course, all the villagers laugh at him and all the villagers say, oh, come on, don't be ridiculous. Dragon. I mean, these are just fairy tales. Right? It's all pure nonsense. There's no dragons in the world. There's, there's like a couple of uh, pictures in old storybooks, and there's some fables that doddering old men tell of their great-great-great-grandfathers who knew something terrible about, uh, who knew that there was this dragon. I mean, it's all nonsense. It's all fairy tales, right? And uh, he, say, he says, well, you know, i got to tell you, having seen the dragon, and its wings are almost grown, and it's going to come back, and it's going to destroy us, and it's gonna, we're going to go back into the dark ages, and there will be much woe and lo, the maidens will be violated and the children will be eaten once more and there will be uh, a great chuckle. Uh, uh, the people will be reduced to two chuckle stumps standing in the middle of a chuckle landscape and, and lo, uh, this will be double plus on good, very bad. And uh, everyone sort of laughs at him and, oh, don't be silly and so on. And he says, well, come up and have a look for God's sakes. Come up and have a look. I can show you this dragon. He's sleeping it off, right? He's just engorged a huge Patriot Act. Sorry, he's just engorged uh, the right to torture. Sorry, he's just engorged five cows, and he's sleeping now for a short time while he gathers his strength for what could well be the final uh, growth spurt and uh, the endless tyranny upon our souls and natures and blah, blah, blah. And then what happens is they all say, oh, no, uh, you know, we, we, can't, uh, we, can't go up the, uh, we can't go up the mountain. We can't go up the mountain and look because that makes the fire god matchstick very angry. But I tell you what we'll do. What we'll do is we'll ask Argoth. And the new hero, Titanus, is like, Are you crazy? Ask Argoth. Argoth was the guy who's making up all this crap to begin with and who's got you to feed this dragon that's going to devour you. I don't think he says it in quite that high a squeaky voice, but I think you get the idea. So, um, 
they're all like, well, yes, but you know, uh, it's wrong and it's evil and I, it's blasphemous to even say it. And if you say that again, you're going to get us into a whole lot of trouble, young tightness. So don't you be talking to us about going up the mountain and looking at the dragon for ourselves. That would just be bad, 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 bad. So, of course, uh, they go off to Argoth and they say, Argoth, uh, that uh, fire god thing, uh, is it really a dragon with its wings regrowing because you lied to us about what it was going to give us and we fed that which is going to destroy us? Uh, and they're all tapping their cudgels and their pitchforks and their crucifixes, uh, and their, sorry, their crucifixion gear, saying, uh, and, uh, you know, you might want to think carefully about the answer, because, uh, boy, if you've been lying to us and getting us uh, to uh, give you and uh, our greatest enemy all of this uh, food, uh, you know, we're going to flay you alive. And Argoth says, oh, my friends, no, Technus is... Uh, it's crazy. He's crazy an extremist. He's an extremist. He's uh, either extreme left-wing or right-wing. There's some damn wing uh, that's involved. But I'll tell you, the wing that's not involved is the dragon's wings, because there's no dragon. It's a fire god. And uh, by the way, you asking me these questions, uh, I can tell you, uh, just based on the vision that's in the back of my hypothalamus, is making the dragon god most angry. Sorry, it's making the uh, fire god most angry. I wouldn't make a very good... Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't make a very good Argoth is making the fire god matchstick most angry and if you persist in your questions lo there will be much woe upon the land and lo there will be fire across the landscape and thy children shall burn and thy irises shall burn and pop into the sky and blah 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 so then they turn back to tightness and they say okay so you're just like a crazy loon uh, obviously uh, Argoth is uh, telling the truth uh, why would he lie and he says well he'd, he'd lie because it's his only source of income uh, then he's lied to you and betrayed you into the arms or wings of your worst enemy. And, uh, of course, he's going to, you know, he knows that you'll uh, tear him asunder if he tells the truth. Well, that's not enough. You know, plus, uh, you know, what if the sky god is really there? Uh, what if the fire god is really there? We'll get all burnt up. I mean, there's no proof for this uh, dragon and blah, blah, blah. Like, come look at it. No, we can't. Anyway, so you get the idea. Um, that's the end of the tale. <laughs> I bet you were expecting some big uh, uh, Sixth Sense twist. Uh, that's the end of the tale, because the tale is, of course, about us. And I'm not even going to bother unpacking the metaphors, because I'm sure that you're perfectly aware of uh, what this story represents um, and uh, what, we, uh, what we need to do. I just need to keep pointing out the dragon, right? Because uh, the story ends, right? Uh, either the dragon is uh, slain uh, or... The, um, the dragon uh, takes over the village again and plunges it into a new dark age, right? At which point, of course, everybody uh, will blame uh, Titanus. They will not blame, blame Argoth, right? Because Argoth will still be scurrying around uh, like a little vermin, saying that if it wasn't for him, the devastation will be even worse. And, of course, he will say that the reason this devastation has occurred is because Titanus lied about the nature of the fire god and blah, 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 blah. And the fire god magically transformed into a dragon and was only able to do that because of Titanus's evil words. I mean, you, you know the whole, the whole tale, right? But this is like most of human history. So uh, there is no particularly exciting ending. But what is the case, I think, like, so what's sort of relevant for me in this uh, circumstance is, uh, ah, you know what, we'll talk about this uh, another time, perhaps on Monday. But uh, I did sort of want to talk about the... Uh, uh, an interesting and fun metaphorical way to look at uh, what's been going on over the past, uh, uh, say, seven or eight hundred years. Um, I'm sure you can have fun unpacking the metaphors that are in this tightly concentrated and, and expertly and historically accurately told uh, fable. Uh, and I hope that you have enjoyed it. I certainly had fun. 
and uh, I will uh, I will talk to you soon. And perhaps uh, you, uh, if you're listening to this, would like to uh, email me or come to the message boards at Free Domain Radio or donate from the root of Free Domain Radio and uh, suggest to me uh, how this uh, could end or how this uh, might end. Do you think in a just and virtuous way? And then we will, uh, I will do sort of the part two with the ending and then talk about why I think this metaphor is so important and why I think it relates to a whole bunch of people telling me that the state really isn't so bad and that uh, uh, Christianity uh, really isn't so bad and I've got it all wrong. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you soon. <laughs>